Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And him, in the corner... Don't get me started. The same money he's had on for four weeks. Leave him alone. It's, it's, new, it's a new audit, and he's done all right today. He's done well. <laughs> and stats, he's done well this week. Oi. Why am I here? Who the fuck's he? What? I'm the Irish representative of Streff, whatever this is called. <laughs> That's the spirit. The broom. Hey. <laughs> With Jesse Lingard. That's the level of preparation we have on this channel. Roll VT. Oh, yo, we haven't fucking got one, have we? Amateurs. Put them on for me. Bunch of amateurs. All right. Hello. Hi, Andrew. You okay? Yeah. It's really nice to be here, lads. I'm very excited to be on. Uh, I mean, I am Jay. the reason why. Fucking hell is this? Uh, he's old school, him, apparently. Prove it. When was, was your first video? Oh. For Roll VT. Roll no, we ain't got one, have we? Got we? It. Callum. <laughs> fucking Christ. Joe, Joe what? Height of professionalism. If, we had, like, if someone had suggested this four hours ago, maybe we'd have Right, yeah. Okay. We get it. You suggested something and you weren't listened to. We could have introduced who Andrew was. Remember that thingy channel, Full Time Devils? Remember that? I remember it well. Before Social Chain killed it. Remember that? <laughs> you know that fellow who's on Dragon's Den? So right, that's enough for that. Thank you. Yes. I have a fucking clue out of running. Thank you. Kitchen, uh, thank you. Pot washing gaff. Or a fucking YouTube channel. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Anyway. It's not me. Well, we bought it off him and we changed the name. But before that, it used to be called Full Time Devils. Don't know if you remember this. I do. Do you? And. We were on it, weren't we? I was on it. You relative... was on it about three or four videos in. You was fucking. Yeah. And that's why, if listen, if you've got a podcast and you've got one listener, Jay's your man. Yeah. Jay will come on. Do you know what, right? You might you mock me, Stay. And to be fair, you're a little bit like this as well. I don't go for the big, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast. With me, me, me. Like, if someone gets in touch and they're not a knobhead, and they're like, hi, Jay, why are we doing? We've got this podcast. Not got many viewers or listeners, but do you mind coming on? I'm like, still of that opinion of, I feel a bit honoured that anyone would want me on their podcast, to be fair. And if I like what you're doing, I don't really care how many followers and listeners you got. If I'm going to go on somewhere and have a laugh, I'll do it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not about like, oh, speak to my agent, right? Because obviously I haven't got one. So yeah, I do the, you know, the smaller things. And sometimes the smaller things blossom into bigger things. And sometimes you end up part owning the channel and working with Stephen Alton every day. So yeah. So I'm wondering what? where it all went wrong. <laughs> Eight years ago? You decided to jump on a little known... I got an email saying, I Jay, like your blog." you running Red Flag, yeah. yeah That's literally a, got the same thing. Yeah, did a blog. Um, do you want to come on this um, YouTube video channel we're starting? It's like, YouTube video channel? Do you want to send, do, do like a little test with us? So I did a test, and then next thing you know, I did... I, Maka, did the, Maka did the Reading preview, and for that same game, I did the review. So he beat me by about three days. And when was your... Andrew, you was there early doors as well. I was the start of it, yeah. You were, there, were you there right at the very start? I think I did the, f the third or fourth video. So you were well before me then. He, he was yeah. like Johnny come lately. He just... It wasn't for me, though. Came free, here. Three month in. Three month in, yeah, hey, These I, newcomers. I went in for a test and I got recommended by um, a guy who I did comedy with and he said to me, like, oh, there's this Man United fan channel that's going to be filmed in yeah. Tottenham Court Road in London. I'm a big United fan, so I went in. Didn't really, they were still very, they didn't really know what they were kind of like doing at, the, at that time in terms of the structure. They were just throwing out ideas and stuff. Didn't so until about 18 months ago, I'll be Yeah, <laughs> and then we we did it for a while, and then after about three months, two months of doing it, I realised this isn't for me. Really? So I left. <laughs> I was like, I am fucking out of here. Do you know what, do you know what I love? They said to us when we came, first went on, they went, you're going to come on, so don't be afraid to interrupt or argue with people. Which, hey, that's like so. I live by that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's why. <laughs> that's your reason. That's the only reason. Okay, that's why we get up in the morning, <laughs> basically. That's your USP. Isn't yeah, it? like to argue and interrupt people. So we just went on there and they were like they loved it. Um, I did one video for them that they said saved the channel. 
yeah. which was I went to Stamford Bridge with a camera crew from TalkSport and I made up fake players. Oh, yeah, that was like, and people were green, weren't they? Two and a half million, yeah, views I got in a week. That was amazing. The oh. best thing about it was I wasn't really into social media and I found out that it was the fifth most trending video in America and the sixth was Whitney Houston. Really? So you yeah. beat Whitney? And I was trending Who was above. she signing for? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but she, but uh, we went down, came up with the most daft name. So we were, so what we did was we kind of, what you don't see in the video is, is that we approached Chelsea fans and we actually talk about, it was a rumour that Wayne Rooney was going to join Chelsea, right? Right. So we get them talking about, what do you think about Wayne Rooney joining Chelsea? So they get comfortable with you. Yeah. And they're like, just chatting, usual shit. Like, oh, you know, he's a great player. He'd do really well and all that. And they go, look, there's a new, there's a new player that's signing for, uh, Chelsea, he's in a stance today, a Finland goalkeeper, he's six foot six, uh, Lugie Bell. And they'd all be like, Oh, yeah, I've seen him on Eurosport. <laughs> I love that. I remember watching and this and video. The, the, anag the anagram of Lugie Bell was no idea. Right. <laughs> so then we had Dean. Uh, no, Lugie Bell was, uh, no, Dinio was no idea. The, the, yeah, there was another one. That, Korean that one. one uh, we had a South Korean guy, Winged in Yup. There was one, I can't Wang remember what it was. He was recommended by Parkinson. You, you said something. And then and one of them replied, I can't remember, he said something like, he's got a great left foot or something. <laughs> he was like, the left back. Yeah, uh, like a specific point about this imaginary from, player. He was coming from Shut Rotterdam shit. and he was coming, <laughs> win out. Win. <laughs> which was win out. Did anyone, uh, did anyone get onto it? A lad at the end got it. One guy who played football manager was like, he said, I play football manager and I don't know these players. And we were like, oh shit. Right. And then they got onto it, and it's they were really nerd. good. And then as we were there, I just went, it's all right. It's all right. I was just chatting to some Chelsea rent boys. <laughs> and wow. they all just started laughing. They were like dead on with it. Like yeah, yeah. But then it came up on the video. They put it out in the video, and it got like two million hits. But then after that, I would say for about a week, I would say I was stopped three times, three two or three times Fuck a day. People shouting at me, oh, you're the guy from the Chelsea video. Because I thought it was going to be some serious backlash here, because like these people now you know, were going to get slagged from their mates. But we got their permission to put it up. We had one guy on it, he he genuinely was like really into Vin Nout. Pull the mic a bit closer. He was genuinely into Vin Nout. Yeah. Like he was like, oh yeah, I've seen him, I've seen him play for Rotherham and he's got really good left foot, he's got the same sort of pace that That's Ashley Cole that, had. Yeah. We were like, hey, this guy like does not <laughs> exist. It we nearly did something similar. Uh, probably about 2015, 16, something like that. What we were gonna do is uh, we had someone that we knew uh, at a, Dutch Prem team, probably. Something like that, anyway. Uh, and we were going to start a rumour, uh, and it was just a fucking fake transfer rumour. And we were going to start it with... It was a made-up player, essentially. Yeah. Um, and we were going to have him... Uh, a news article on the the Black Club's website, or the a Real Club's website. And then what we... The goal of it was to get, like, fucking Merson telling you he's not good enough for United or something. Just someone yeah. just with a strong opinion on a play they've never fucking seen. And it was going to go to the extent where we had a fucking guy that's just athletic looking wearing sunglasses walk through Manchester airport and, and be this kid and, and see how far... The goal was to get it on Sky Sports News and someone on Sky Sports News because they can't just go, I don't have a fucking clue who he is. Just go, someone like pop up and be like, here's our Dutch football journalist. What's he all about then? Yeah, and yeah, they go, yeah, yeah. well, you know, he's, he's, he's a continental style midfielder, yeah. I would say. He's got really good parents. <laughs> like we've, we've checked the background. He's got a balanced personality. Everything's hey. going to be fine. <laughs> but no, I did that. And then afterward, they were saying to me, like, will you go and stand outside Old Trafford after every home game and interview the fans? So basically Adam McCullough started to do that. And I, that was when I was like, I can't really commit to any I, of this stuff. I, I was living in London. I wasn't yeah. going to come up and down every Saturday because I was doing gigs and stuff. So, I, but you know, there was no money in it. Like, so I was just starting. So I just left then, and then um, that was the end of that, really. Yeah. And I've, I watched a few of the videos, but some of the stuff that we did in the early days, like we, we spoke to a Spanish journalist over Tiago, some guy, Tiago Silva, or somebody was coming to Man United. Uh, 2014, probably it was Tiago, or 2013, it's probably Tiago Alcantara. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And uh, we spoke to a journalist, and he said, "Oh yeah, it's uh, it's nearly done. The deal. Family already have uh, looked at houses and stuff like that. There's no fucking substance in it at all. Like the guy, yeah. and then the guy went off. I think he signed for Atletico Madrid, and he was like, the only club that came in for me was Atletico Madrid, so I went there. <laughs> but yet, this Spanish journalist was telling me that the family have already been around Hale. They've been in bloody Waitrose." Fucking got our club card for Sainsbury's. <laughs> That's the nature like, of the beast. And I, and I, and That's how it there, is. I'm just sitting there going, why am I doing this? Like, this this is complete bullshit. Yeah. Yet we have to ask really serious, how do you think he's going to fit into the structure? Yeah, we do you think that. he can do it on Stoke on a Wednesday night? Like, that was you something know? we did change. Now yeah. we, we call it out. 
Got yeah, it's bullshit, man. This is nonsense. Yeah, this isn't going to happen. So I just got fed up. I didn't get fed up with it, but I understand you have to have content. But I know now that the, obviously the online game has changed, so those type of clickbaity headlines are gone. Do you know what I mean? People are people are clued in more now. You know, like you know, you see stuff now online. Like, you're not going to believe what fucking Jesse Lingard said about Harry Maguire in training, and then you Maguire click into thing? it, and after about seventy five adverts, all you hear is good pass. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's all it is. That's so. the nature of the beast, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And I think, like you say, people are getting onto it, but there's still that little bit of you. I've been guilty of it. Where you go? Let's have a look. <laughs> but see, I come from. I go come, on then. I come from. I, I know it's. I know it's nonsense, Jay. but. I'll just do you think there's mm. fucking milfs in your area or not? <laughs> there is, mate. I found them. <laughs> that want to chat? <laughs> yeah. Did, 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 did you ever see that uh, scam on Panorama that did about a fucking dating website in Scotland? Did you hear about that? There's an island in Scotland that has like 50 people living on it, right? And there's a dating, go on a dating site and... You Why pay, just shout out the window? No, you pay like 20 quid a month. But apparently there was 200 women living on that island. It was all fake profiles to get yeah. the men to keep paying. Right. So it's just it's um, fucking crazy. But I, I like where I see because I'm from Cork. Yeah. From where Roy Keane's from, I just didn't really like. Just, I just couldn't do do the bullshit, you know. Yeah. I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not kind of like unless it's factual. Not feeling com- it. Not fit, not, it well, has to come from Ninety nine percent of what yeah. you know what's on YouTube is bullshit. That's um, why Roy. Guess why Roy Keane is so loved. You know, in Cork, people just, just don't. We're gonna like the bullshit often. We're gonna talk about Roy Keane. You got some Roy Keane stories, haven't you? I've got some. I've got a couple of Roy Keane stories. Yeah, that um, not a lot of people will know. Now, this story was probably the one I one I heard when I was about eighteen. But his dad, his dad uh, passed away actually a few years ago, and um, his dad was quite well known in Cork. You know, and do you remember the time Roy Keane signed the contract at United for ninety grand a week? And the same year, the season ticket prices went up. They, put, they did a letter, didn't they? The club. It was a letter, yeah. And the Roy Keane went mad because he did a letter. 99, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he said basically the club, if you don't know, the club sent out a letter to season ticket holders saying, the reason your season ticket prices are going up, uh, we've tried to stay competitive, including giving Roy Keane a new contract. Yeah. So he went mad because he was like, I'm going a minute, you've not put ticket prices up because I've asked for a, a, a new deal. That's just nonsense. And the club more or less had to apologise yeah. to him. But obviously, that was big news in Ireland that Roy Keane was getting whatever 90 grand a week. At that time, it was yeah. insane money. But I heard the story a couple of times in Cork off different people. So I don't know how verified it would be. But apparently, his dad one night was in a pub in Cork anyway. And uh, he had a few pints at him, right? And he took out his uh, his lad. And he just turned around to everyone in the pub. And he went, see that? That's 90 grand a week. That's so I heard that story and I was like, nah, that's not true. And then about six weeks later, someone else was telling me another story about it, you know? So obviously, like, but imagine just that ticket out and go, that's 90 grand a week. I love that. That's yeah, quality. Well. He's, got a, he's got a point. But he is, he is, he is, uh, he's so well-liked and well, well-loved well in, in Cork, like, you know, because Cove Ramblers is uh, first Some of the comments said, did his dad go around flashing his knob in pubs saying... <laughs> There you go. There yeah. you go. There you go. That's, ver- that's verified. That's two sources. So that is obviously a fact. It can't be disputed. Two sources. You, that's all you've got. It. Do you want another story about Roy Keane? Do you Always. remember his first book in 2002 after Saipan, which well, was 20 years that. this year, Saipan, the sec- Irish Second Civil War, when Roy Keane left, right? I've got well, that book, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Basically, Roy Keane was doing a book signing in Waterstones in Cork in 2002. So just imagine there's no smartphones, right? There is mobiles, but they're not the way we are now. No. So people have, you know, the fucking, uh, what you call it? The cameras. Cameras. And uh, girl, a girl I worked with, you know, you wind it up. Remember, remember those ones? Remember it well. Taking disposable ones on nights out. Yeah. Yes. Remember you used to like go and get them developed after yeah, going and Waiting and outside them. for ages. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the fucking, anyway, he's doing this book signing. And a girl that I worked with, her daughter... Um, was like 16 at the time. She queued up for like a couple of hours to go in and get the book signed. Went in, Roy was there, got the book signed, got a photograph taken, got the photo developed, photo was blurry, <laughs> okay? So she was disappointed that she gets to meet Roy Keane, got her book signed, photo didn't come out right. See, kids, you don't know about the fucking You don't know about you don't know the yeah. dramas we had to yeah. go through Do you know what a payphone is? Do you know uh, what a payphone is? Do you know what a pager is? Yeah. Uh, remember that? Do you know what I find suspicious now if I see anyone using a payphone? I think that is really suspicious. That's definitely mm, drugs. That's definitely yeah. weird. 100% or an affair. But uh, anyway, do you know what she did? She was only 16, so she wrote to Manchester United and said like, oh, I went to see Roy in his book launch and to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's a copy of the photograph. It never came out. Is there any chance I can get a signed photograph of Roy? Okay. Didn't hear anything back. Not like United. About two or three weeks later, a phone rings in our house. Roy Keane's on the phone. Seriously? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at home. If you want to call up, give a few photographs. <laughs> Come up to the house. 
We got photographs done up at his, up at his <laughs> parents' house. So can I do there. it for us? There you go. I am Robbo. I, uh, I, t- uh, I yeah. fought with you in 1994, yeah. and uh, he didn't come out any chance. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I fought with you in 1994, 1997, <laughs> 2003. But the one in 1994. Yeah, that one. It's a bit blurry. Is there any yeah. chance of coming under house? Yeah. <laughs> We've been through this before, Stephen. Yeah. Stop ringing. But he's, he's such a, like, in, in, especially where I'm from in Cork, like, it is... The people, the love Just that people have for what's, it. What was that like in 2002? Was there any backlash? Because 3,000 people marched in the streets, you know that? But were they for right. him? Were they back in, in, in Cork or in Dublin? In Cork, not in Dublin, Cork. So, like in Cork, it was classed as like the Irish, the second civil war. So, the first civil war happened after in the 1920s when you had to, when Ireland was trying to get independence, you had an offer of a deal from the UK. It was, it was a treaty basically we accept what we have today or we continue to look for a complete and true independent Ireland. So the two people that fought that were Michael Collins and Eamon de Valera. And Michael Collins won, but he was later killed. Yeah. So when you're growing up as a kid, people say to you, are you Collins or are you de Valera? Which right. side of the fence are you on? So then Roy Keane gets sent home from Saipan. So are you Mick McCarthy <laughs> or are you Roy Keane? Was anyone Mick McCarthy? Uh, people outside of Cork, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably were. There was people that could see it from a management point of view, yes, but also the Football Association in Ireland in Saipan brought them to an island without training gear. Right. This is a guy that's coming from Manchester United. He's going to a World Cup. That we, Cup. we probably would have won. World Cup. We would have won that World Cup. See, there's so I think I would have won that World Cup. I think, no, I, I'm with you, <laughs> right? Draw, you had a kind draw. Hear me out. Him, right? You might be taking the mic, but I think... Ireland could have won that World Cup, right? Cameroon, first game, won all. Matty yep. Holland scored. Yep. Jason McIntyre played injured when he shouldn't have. Stephen Reid should have played on the right instead. Yep. Then we uh, went and played... Uh, Germany was the last game, I think it was. Germany was the second game. Robbie Keane, last minute equalised to go on. And then we went and played Saudi Arabia and we won 3-0. Uh, team full of Gary Breens, Damien Duff, Matty Holland, Lee... Uh, who else did we have? Was Lee Carlsley was there. It was great. But, but, it was amazing. Right, you get through... You get through to last 16. Now, you went out to Spain on penalties, right? You're telling me Roy Keane wouldn't have made a difference in that game. Well, do you know the thing about that game? Is Spain were yeah. down to nine players because they'd used all their substitutes. Extra time. And this, the, thing about, the thing about Mick McCartney that really pisses me off, he played Damien Duff on the right. Damien Duff was a left footer. When Damien Duff went over to the left wing yeah. in extra time against Spain, yeah. we got six crosses in. It's like, play the guy in his position. So that's right. That's Spain went through. The next game they had was South Korea. South Korea beat them. South Korea is a winnable game for Ireland with Roy Keane now, yeah? South Korea then have Germany. Now you think, oh, Germany. Wasn't a vintage Germany team. They had some good players. They had Michael Germany Bollock. basically ripped up their, yeah. whole, um, their whole fucking shit at that time. Yeah. And, and started again because of how bad they thought they did it. Yeah. Thank you. So then you're in the final. Yeah. All right, it's Brazil. I get it. But... Roy Keane. It's also Ronaldo with that weird triangle on his head, so he's mm, he's gone fully yeah, off yeah. the deep end. Do you know what I mean? And also, I think I think uh, I still don't think you win. I still think you lose to Brazil, but but you're in the final. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah. The thing about the thing about being an Irish football fan compared to you guys, if you're follow England, is is that when we get to a tournament, for us, all I want is to go into the last group game with a chance to get out of the group. Like you go and you're like, right, who are we getting in the quarters, the semis? For us, it's like I don't support England. I know why not? Because I'm a United fan. They're not mutually exclusive, are they? Are you telling me now if England in the Euro final there now didn't bother you? Show you the footage. He didn't. You're not he, he, you've not. He, he did. That, did you do an England watch long? Who was Brown? Yeah, and I've never. No, seen but you'd watch it and you'd, you'd want him to do well for the for your country. No, I want him to do well because Marcus is playing, or Luke Shaw is playing, or whoever. Well. Marcus. It's more for him, he's Marcus. I get, I kind of get that. Um, Michael H, welcome to the first team member. Thank Marcus, you. Marcus, mate, Marcus. Taryn Campling, welcome to the academy as well. Thanks for your support. Uh, Christian Shea, Steve, watch the last fixture list. Why don't you start a consultancy company with Rio and try and get a proposal like that set up? I don't know what he's talking about. You will, because it's your show and your fixture list. We're just talking about how the lack of... Every, every club has a player liaison. The roles and responsibilities of those player liaison differ greatly per club. Yeah. A lot of what goes on at Manchester United is people rock up and they're like, right, see you at Carrington tomorrow. It's in a bit. And there's just so much more. Like, we we gamble on £100 million signings and just hope that they'll turn out good. But we don't put any of the legwork in. What's the nutrition like? Have they got, a, you know, a chef? Do they have their security shorted? Why in Manchester United? I'm, I'll put the blame on the club. I know people go, well, you know, they're, they're adults and they should look after their own shit. All right, cool. But no other industry relies on the talent that it puts onto the field in a way that sport does and particularly football does, right? If, you buy a, if, you, if you're McDonald's, you get a chief executive in. 
you ain't going to see vastly different results from this guy, this guy, or this guy being in the main chair. Yeah. But if you hire footballers and this 100 million pound signing can't settle, his diet ain't right, or isn't sleeping because his fucking bed face is the wrong direction at night, or just some mad income. Like he lives at a place that it's actually quite difficult to get taxis and he doesn't drive. Like some of those weird fucked up things like that. It makes a massive difference to your performance. Why don't you spend about 100 grand a year having some player liaison people, even if they're a couple of ex-pros, someone like that, just some of, imagine like Dennis Irwin or Paul Parker or someone like that, just fucking being around Andy Cole, just being around these players, explain to them what it means to be a United player. Think, we've just hired a sports psychologist, right? Finally. There's, he's part of the coaching staff though, so there's implications to you going in and saying, listen, my fucking ads fell right off of this crowd. Yeah. Whereas, imagine it's Dennis Irwin who comes around and just hangs out with you and just yeah. be like, yo, so how's it going? Do you know what? I'm not fucking settling in, you know. He doesn't go back to the coaching staff. It's just someone from the club that's there on a pure welfare side of stuff. We have no fucking clue what the pressure someone like a Jaden Sancho or a Paul Pogba or even a Harry Maguire have been in since being like major, major money signings for Manchester United. Why wouldn't the club invest into people that are going to be there? And now, on one hand, I understand people are going, stop fucking pandering them and, and babying them. No, yeah, I'm not here to change your light bulbs. Right. But have you got a fucking major drama? Is your missus cheating on you? Is you like, have you got no fucking car? Like, is your mobile phone not a UK contract? Like, yeah. things that need sorting out for you. Are you on the best electric? Yeah. Bill? Maybe not. Have you gone on Google Compare? Well, you you want to fix Shit her, like basically. That. Yeah. Just well, but do you think that would have helped uh, Angel Di Maria? Maybe, or maybe he was just a prick. Yeah, but like his house got robbed, didn't it? Yeah. And I think he got a little bit pissed off. I think that was an excuse, but you think yes. so? I think he also probably had a little bit of that. Yeah, they should be, United should probably have a contract with a security company. You know, and I mentioned on the fix list, I mentioned that there should be um, a United house that United own. And you're Not a new dicks. signing for us. Yeah, no, a fucking a hail mansion. Right. But like, you're a new signing for us. Don't worry, you've got six months of living in there until you find your own gaff. Because when it's Zaha, where he left, had him in Bramall on his own. He came up, he didn't know anyone. Ronaldo lived in a flat. In yeah, I mean, you got, okay, so. nice, you know, you're living in a nice house, but he said like, he didn't know anyone. He was sat in his house all day. He did train in the morning. You've got all day to yourself. Yeah. Doesn't know what to do with himself. Bored. Doesn't know the area, doesn't know anyone here. You know, you get players that are just tempted to go home, to drive back to London or whatever. I do what Gaza did. Yeah. How many red wines and fucking sleeping pills before we fall asleep? Yeah. Bosh. That's, like, it's not, it does, yeah. it does seem silly when you've got all these assets that are worth so much and you won't pay that little bit extra to make sure they're getting the not best. Not even out of them. a single percentage of what they've cost you to make sure that they actually give them the best opportunity to perform for you on the pitch. Do you know what? I was down in uh, London once and the Arsenal player liaison manager was next to me in a golf club and he was on the phone and he was organising an apartment for one of his players. Now, I don't know, was the player kicked out or was he kicking out his missus or something? Yeah. But he needed a fully furnished apartment Today. within two days. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's just like, yeah, is it fully furnished? Right, how much? Okay, I'll ring you back. He's obviously trying to sort something out for yeah. some player at Arsenal. Yeah. I honestly want to know which player that was. People in the comments <laughs> saying, player liaison officer. Yeah, that, that, look, those roles do exist right now at United yeah. but what's their remit what's their authority what's their is this somebody that's going to go right look these are the best restaurants These, this is where you go do your shopping these are the bars to go into these are the taxi companies to use these are these deeper are deeper than that you uh, arrive and they go we just signed you from fucking Cobb Ramblers or wherever we've just got you from right here we go there's a UK phone number SIM card we've already added you to the players WhatsApp group enjoy no dick pics um, here's some you got a missus alright great there you go that here's like all the fucking nice spots for your missus to go. You got any kids? Two kids. All right, one's primary school, one's secondary school. Like, there's five secondary school brochures. Have a look at those. All of them are recommended by the club. There's some primary schools. Have a look at those. Yeah. We've, we've picked you out five houses in the right area so you're not going around going, is cheating all right or what? Like, you know, we've picked you out some spots that, you know, actually this one, you're next door to Luke Shaw. This one, you're next door to Aaron Roy This one, you're next yeah. door to, to Bruno. You know, some where the players are all hanging out. Do you like golf? No, we don't like golf. All right, well, fuck off. Like, what do you like? You know, whatever hobbies that you've got, we've done our research before you got here. I know the club did this, but I think it was a one-off. When Cavani signed, they got him uh, a South American butcher to prepare a load of Uruguayan meats and charcuterie and that for him. And they left that as like a hamper for him. Okay, cool, but I mean, can we uh, take no, that a level not... further? No, really it's not that hard, great, is it? is it? It's all right, but you know, it's like it's you know baby step 
Um, why is a club like Man United not doing this already? Because we don't... Like, they, they should have. Shampoo. Surely they Penix should have. Yeah. They should have. This is the sort of structure that needs to be in well, place. The structure United has been a shambles since Fergie left. Because Fergie did everything. Well, David Gill even was yeah, exactly. a bigger lo- a, as big a loss. This is in place in, in the NBA, in NFL. Yeah. And sadly, it's in place at City, to a certain degree. I know Man- Manchester City have got a player liaison department. You walk into there and it's got a map of Manchester. And it's got, like, where all the players that live and where they recommend that you live. Best solicitors for you to hire. Yeah. Uh, Peter Kelly in the super <laughs> chat says, "I asked on a video a month back, so but can't asking oh, asking Adam what happened to the Irish lad from Full Time Devils from way back, and now he's on the brew mental. Yep, he's here." Um, Robert Wilhelm says it starts at the top. United no longer have a winning culture. The ownership don't prioritise winning, and that trickles down through the whole club Correct. from Woodward to the janitors. Cheers from New York. Uh, Abinav Verma says, "You know, you guys know some players. How about you do this?" And keep those guys focused, like Steve telling Luke Shaw, Oi, fatty, eat right. Was that, who's that to? Was that <laughs> to me? No, no. <laughs> I think that was some advice to Luke Shaw, uh, apparently. Um, as Cam Waters says, has Andrew told his Roy Keane story? I have. Yeah, he has. Have you, have you got any more? How many have you got? Um, I've got, I, I tell you. Um, if there's not 42. Yeah. From being in court, well, it's, it's, you hear you hear a lot of different ones, but apparently, I've I know I know um, my oh, sister-in-law. Yeah, I will her, get to that in a minute, baggers. Sorry, my sister-in-law, her brother played with Roy Keane for about two or three months when he was at Cove Ramblers yeah. uh, before he went up to do the Irish. Is it Cove? Cove. Cove. Spelt C O B H. You said Cove, and I was yeah. I always say that. And I heard you it's pronounce Cove, it yeah. Cove. Yeah. So forgive us with our Cove Ramblers. Yeah. So he played with him, and um, I actually saw him over Christmas. Actually, socially distanced. And uh, I said to him, "What was it?" Because he, he lives over in Amsterdam now. He's working over in Amsterdam. And I said, "What was he like?" And he went, "He went. He was just. He just did everything so correct, and the basics were just spot on. And he was small, you know. So like, apparently, he was like, he was small. So he would, had a bit of fucking, little bit, you know, that aggression about him because he was small, you know. You, mm-hmm. So obviously, if, if you know, you have to kind of do that extra bit more to be seen or to be spoken. Always sticking the foot in. Yeah." Always putting for not afraid to like. All right, come on then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he went up to our, up to Dublin to do the. I think it was like a fast course or something. He went up and did like some. He, he you know, he he progressed then after like a couple of months because he was performing so well. But he said he was class. He said he chilled with him in the dressing room when he was only like 15, 16, 17 or something. And he said he was great, really, really good. But he was telling me that there was a a camp that he was supposed to go on and he couldn't make it. And Roy Keane went on this particular camp and Roy Keane then got picked out from the camp. <sighs> There's, there's always this fucking story like that. Like, oh, if I wasn't me, yeah, it would have yeah. been... Yeah. If, if, if I made that camp, Roy Keane would have been nobody, you know, all this <laughs> kind of stuff. But no, he's, a, he's an absolute legend. Like, he does uh, quite a bit of fundraising. He's done some Q&As for the club in the past to raise money for kit, for the for the kids' programme, for the stadium, for the... Like, running a football stadium, like, I mean, the amount of money you spend for an amateur club to have to spend on insurances and public liability and, and all this. So he's kind of helped out a lot in the background in terms of doing Q&As and fundraisers. And he's turned up to a load of games there about two, three years ago. He was back in Cork a lot because his dad, I know, wasn't very well. So he would come down and watch the, the, the matches. Now there might be 200 people in the ground and Roy Keane's just sitting in the corner. And it's just like, you can, and he's just staring at tracky. <laughs> like, just, he's in Cork. And, it, and my nephew went over to him and got a picture taken with him. I've never met him. I've never no. met him. He's, uh, Roy Keane, Eric Cantona are the two people... That my have you met Cantona? Have you met He's Cantona? interviewed him. You've interviewed him. Yeah. Wow, that must have been. But like Roy Keane and Eric just Cantona him, are my. You just told me, told me, cuddled him like I was cuddling my granddad. Just put me head in his chest. <laughs> did you, I remember when I when he did that film looking? Remember that film looking for Eric? And he just yes. turned and he goes, "It was a pass." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. Dennis Irwin, yeah. another Cork man. Yeah. You know, I sat next to Dennis Irwin on a plane once. Did didn't yeah. speak to him for the whole flight because I didn't want to annoy him. Yeah. Then at the very end, they went, "You couldn't just sign up for me." And he was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> that was because you know the way if you sit next to like a footballer, you see someone, you go, "I don't want to talk to you because I don't want to annoy you." Yeah, yeah. So I decided say nothing until we landed. You know that yeah. gap when you get out of your seat and you have to wait that five minutes. Everyone gets out and waits. The, that was when I spoke to him. I thought. That's enough. He doesn't probably want to talk anymore, yeah, but yeah. dead on. But someone told me a funny story about Dennis Irwin. He got in a cab in Cork years, years ago and said a cab came to 17 quid. So he took out 20 and gave your man a 20 quid. 
and waited for his three pound change. And then someone said, Dennis Irwin waited for his change, tight bastard. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, so what? Imagine you paying the list price. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You know, Imagine like, giving him exactly what he wanted. Yeah. All the money he's earned, he wouldn't give the cabbie a three quid tip. I was like, it's none of your business. I was right. just like, you hear that's, all these that's stories. That's a story in it that's been like told, like it's a, a major thing. Um, I had a tug of war with Dennis Irwin. You what? I had a tug of war with Dennis Irwin. Did you? Yeah. Go on. Using Brian Robson as the rope. You told me this. <laughs> yeah. There's a story for you. Go on, tell us if anyone who doesn't know. Uh, just absolutely fucking minging. I don't know if it was me and McCola. It might have been me and Joe. What, was this some sort of benefit charity or something? No, it was in Singapore in pre-season. We got in the lift with them. All of us. Are you just turned around you like, hey, mate, you fancy uh No, just fucking war? grabbed him. So come on, we're fucking finishing off these, this room we've got in our room. And Robbo was kind of on it, but like a little bit reluctant. Probably a little bit scared. And, I know um, it's Brian Robson, but still. And Dennis like, was a little yeah, sober. I'd say Robbo could drink you under the table. I wanted to see it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wanted that story. Then Gazza turns up with a fishing rod <laughs> and he's just like, hey. <laughs> Chicken. Chicken. I wanted that story. Yeah. yeah. Robbo put me out of bed. Fuck, he gets in. Have you been on the piss with any United players, like like past and present, where you've actually had a night out in the yeah. pub until two in the morning or we, one in the morning or something? I did a Q&A with Norman Whiteside and his, and his wife. Lovely. And my missus, I don't drink. So we did the Q&A and we sat at the table. My missus was there and Norman Whiteside and his missus and a drinking red wine. And in the end, my missus was just like, I'm going to have to go in the water. <laughs> she was like, she couldn't keep up. I had a few pints with Lee Sharp. Because he was just giving a drink a drink, like, come on. Oh, I've, yeah. I've Lee, Sharp. Lee Sharp. Lee Sharp's a lovely fella. Yeah. He was living in Leeds at the time. He was, I was doing a, an he event like with him. He's well over football as well, didn't he, Lee Sharp? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were out with in Norway with him, and the game was on. And he wasn't even watching. It was United versus Arsenal. He was just on his phone. Yeah. He's just not, not interested. Um, before Alex Bagley murders me, roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped Trademarks are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for this special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men, that's 4 million, that's probably as many men as there are worldwide, um, who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.pom.com stroke Housen forward slash Housen for 20% off free shipping, the link is in the description. Let's not forget, the holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just that little bit more special. And with all that, you get the weed whacker, the nose and ear trimmer, and I need that at my age. You're not far off. You're almost 40, aren't you? Don't point me like that. We, all right, yeah, I don't want you getting flashbacks <laughs> and murdering me. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, I've heard you're about to propose a national holiday. Yes, I am. Do I read it? Thank you. <laughs> You've got ahead of me there. Right. You confused me. Jay's going to propose yeah, February 13, 13th. Yeah, national holiday. A national shave your balls day, yeah? So who's with me? You no, no, I'm busy. Right, okay, well, you're going to miss out. But I think this is one holiday that men and women can get behind. So the package you're going to get from Manscaped, you've got the weed whacker, you've got two free gifts, you've got your travel bag, so you can look like a footballer with your travel bag and your iPod and all that. Yeah, as you get off the bus and give the little thumbs up and the <laughs> slow-mo and all the music and all that, like you're on Sky Sports. Um, and you've also got some deodorant. So you've got toner, crop reviver, you've got the 4.0 lawnmower technology, you've got all that, it's in a package, you get 20% off, go to manscaped.com forward slash Alison, 20% off, get it for Valentine's Day, make your missus dead happy or your boyfriend, whatever, I don't care, just go and do it. Thank you. Do you that's know what, I think that's what that's what United need as a player liaison manager to shave your balls. Yeah, think about that's it, that's what, what's missing out. Yeah. That could be the difference the last thing I want to do Champions League winning trophy. Season. It's all about being aerodynamic, Jay. Exactly. You could have that. Just that little 1% you've got from having your ball shaved could be the one that gets you through on goal and makes you score Only the winner. Only one that scored that with a big bush. No. Here you, here you go. It's a three, three, point million pound, three million pound house in here. Our bins are out on a Tuesday and I'll come around Thursday and shave yeah. your balls. Exactly. Hey. Forward slash Houston. Cutting <laughs> edge technology. Thank you. Thanks to manscaped.com as well. Make sure you check it out. Link in the description. Shout out to Zidane Bell making his debut for Iraq the other night. Last oh, night, actually. How did he do? You only got eight minutes, I think. Yeah, he did. Really? He got eight minutes. Facundo Palestri did his debut as well, didn't he, for Uruguay. It's a real romantic story as well with, with Zidane Iqbal, obviously. Great story. First, I think he's, he's not just from Iraq as well. He's got Pakistani heritage. Did a fantastic interview. Did you see his statement? I've only seen the clips of it. I haven't read it in full he, he said, I'm, I'm a proud Mancunian. I'm proud of uh, my English heritage. I'm proud of my Iraqi heritage. And I'm proud of my Pakistani heritage. And just basically, he's living the dream, and he's proud of all heritage, and you know it's great. He's got like five nationalities. Can he play for everyone? He's a bit like Andrew Yanezai, I think. Remember Andrew Yanezai? He's got any Irish in him at all? Could we take him? Is there any way we could get him? 
Maybe. We have taken so many of you. Like, we gave you Owen Morgan for the cricket just as a thank you. You know, we've had Ronnie Wheeler. We've, we've guys playing fire. goes, how do you think about playing fire today? So Rama, yeah, so Rama. And we're like, where the hell is this guy from? Because <laughs> there was it's like a time when Jason McAtee, ah, that's fucking yeah, all John Aldridge has got like the most scouse accent ever. And he was there. We're always going, have you got granny parents? Irish grannies, Irish grannies, Irish Wasn't grannies. there a rumour that Tony Cascarino played for Ireland without any Irish heritage? Yeah, apparently there was something he basically played. Oh, like I thought that, did. Something like that. 60 <laughs> times. Cascarino, it's a, it's a lovely West Dublin surname. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like he like he didn't have there wasn't a grandparent that was Irish or something. How he just, he just did you ever hear the stories about how Jack Charlton used to recruit the players? Oh, did you? He used to he was at like a Liverpool game one night and uh, he was talking to Ronnie Whelan or something, and he went, "Oh, see Ray Houghton over there. He might have something. He might have some Irish." He goes, "Ray, you got any Irish in you? Right, train in Monday. Fly over to Dublin. We'll sort it out. You can train, <laughs> but not play. And we'll then as he was yeah. training, we'll figure it out. Like just find a granny that'll just take you on board or something like that. That's but we had like we have we had a great time with the. You know, the, those players that um, qualified for us through heritage and family. I mean, 1988, 1990, 1994 were abs- Euros, like we yeah. absolutely beat England 1988. Yeah. Won all in the World Cup in 1990. Absolutely phenomenal time to be an Irish football fan. We've not qualified for a World Cup since 2002. I went to the Euros in 2016. Phenomenal watching Ireland beat Italy in the last five minutes of uh, the game to get out of the group. And then three, four days, Roy Keane, assistant manager. Three, four days, then we play France away. We're one nil up at halftime. And we come out and we get absolutely battered in the second half. But we, we got out of the group. The key for us is to get out of the group. And well, anything after that's a bonus. What was it like after the uh, Henri Ambal? What was that like? Sorry well, to bring up bad you know memories, what? but I'm just curious. because That single-handedly ruined the economy. Really? Because Pun intended? No, like, I mean, people, like, people's summers. Nice. People's, like, we were so, like, look, we, we weren't winning the game because we were going to go into extra time. So there was no guarantee we were going to win the game, even if he didn't handle the ball. But there was murder over it. But the Football Association of Ireland, um, there's, a, there's a book out there called Champagne Football, our old chief executive, a guy called John Delaney, how he ruined Irish football. Like, basically got to the point where he was fleecing the... I've seen an article on this not long ago. Yeah, this is the guy Highly that was a really good documentary online ridiculous. about it. And uh, he went back to FIFA and was like, oh yeah, say whatever it is, 32 teams. So can we be the 33rd team? If you don't mind? How's that going to work? We got five million off FIFA. Like, imagine an Irish guy can will go up to FIFA and be like, "Right, there's 32 teams in the World Cup, four in the group, but you man handle the ball, so can you just put us in? Like, where are you gonna fucking put us? Like five in one group? How does it work? <laughs> just put us in the final and we'll say nothing. The, the irony is as well with that. that we that, got we got five million money as yeah. compensation. And the irony is that didn't help France. They went to that World Cup they were and, awful. And, and imploded. They had a strike, didn't yeah, they? They had, they had a strike. strike before Did Dominic get on a plane home and come back yeah, at one point? France and Holland are, are five no one, seconds away from doing that. No one does yeah. implosions like the French. Oh, well. was it a disgrace, man. I mean, like, obviously you look at VAR and stuff like that, obviously that wouldn't have happened, but... At the time, you just kind of go, I just can't. I watched the match actually in Charlton. That's when I was living in Manchester. I watched the match here and I never forget it. Once I saw the replay, I was like, oh, that's... that's there's clearly somebody's seen it. Yeah. Clearly somebody has seen it. But then, uh, you know, Thierry Henry afterwards then, um, you know, he told Richard Dunn after the game, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, there's I, that picture of them sitting like, down next to each other. of like, Richard Dunn is like really good central defender for Manchester City, doing really well, one of our stalwarts defenders. And Henry turns out to him and goes, oh, sorry, I'm cheated. And Dunn's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> like, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, what can you do? You know. I was furious, man. Like, so I was... Swallow that one. Oh, was, and Trapattoni had set up the team perfectly. Like we're playing in France. If you actually watch the game, we were phenomenal in terms of our level of performance. I understand like Irish football is like fourth sport in Ireland, where we've only got five million people. Gaelic football, hurling, rugby, horse racing even, and soccer. We call it soccer because we've got our own yeah. Irish football. Um, so just to get to, for a country of our size, to get to World Cups, to get to European Championships is a massive achievement for us. But when we get there, we always we always do okay, you know? Like, we always get out, try and get out of the group bar yeah. 2012 when, you know, we got absolutely... There's always um, a moment for me growing up, like when I've watched Ireland in the World Cup, there always seems to be a moment... There's like, always a... Ray Houghton. Yeah, There's Ray always Houghton a against Paul McGrath. Paul McGrath. Oh, Paul McGrath. McGrath. See, Paul, Paul McGrath's McGrath. performance against Italy in the 1990 quarterfinal in Rome. Paul McGrath. He nearly scored, he nearly scored uh, with a header... Uh, Paul McGrath was just one of the f- most phenomenal Irish players, a troubled man, and the stuff that Jack Charlton had to manage with him. Yeah. Have you right. seen the Jack Charlton documentary? Oh. Have you seen it? Have and he, rec- he recognised yeah. him. Autobiography. 
Sorry? Have you seen Paul McGraw's I've read, read it, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's phenomenal, it? isn't it? It is. This is a guy. It was the best I'd ever read until I read Tyson's, and I was like, right, Tyson puts him in number two, but he is number two. Right, like, yeah. it's unreal. It's it's a mixture of like. Sadness and, and oh, it's very know, sad, but also side. it's also some of the stuff is just hilarious. Like when he was playing for Ireland, he used to lock him into the hotel room so he couldn't get out. Someone would sit outside in the chair. Oh, any chance I can go out? No, you're not going out. <laughs> like, wouldn't let him out. And one night he went on the piss and he went to the airport and he just got on a plane and flew to flew to Israel or something and then woke up and was like, Oh god, he was at a d- drinking for two days. And <laughs> he's getting off the plane and the TV crews are into him. He goes, Paul, what's happened? He goes, Just leave me alone. I just went on the piss. Where'd you go? Israel. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Where was what the player liaison manager then? Yeah. Where was the player liaison? Well, you know do what? you want to go Israel or Beirut? You may scoff at that, but that's what um, Graham Taylor did at Villa. Graham Taylor basically got him a chaperone. Got someone to look after him because he left yeah. United under a bit of a cloud with all the drinking problems he'd had. Graham Taylor recognised there was something going on. Just got someone to look after him, just spend a bit of time with him. And he used to, he, Graham Taylor himself used to spend a lot of time with him just after the training and stuff. And just managed him. And you don't forget, Paul McGraw was the, the first Premier League PFA Player of the Year. That was him. He won that award. You know, fantastic season, 92, 93. And they just managed him. Yeah. Just, but after he left United, that. he became a Villa legend. Then he went to Sheffield United and Derby. Yeah. So, like, he, he had a great crowd and he, he never trained. No. Like, he turned up to the house, Paul. Uh, he's not training today, but his knees are all right. And then he did an interview in Ireland. Like, he was like, yeah, I've, I've, I've played drunk. I used to go on the pitch. He's turned around to, you know, whoever I was playing with, like Kenny Cunningham or something like, listen, any chance you can help me out when I was out last night? Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're, playing, they're playing like a World Cup qualifier and, and Paul's like, listen, I was on the piss last night. Do you mind doing a bit of running? <laughs> and then you go off and you'd and we, and we qualify for the World Cup. <laughs> a phenomenally talented player. I don't think people quite... Oh, he was phenomenal. Younger that. Reds need to get yeah. his autobiography to understand because he's going to think, so he was just a drunk. No, no, no. No, no he, he drank because he had like anxiety problems. He was he, adopted and he was in an orphanage and he was yeah. bullied and he was... And vi- severely racially abused. Racially yeah, abused. It's, it's a mad story, but, a, you know, a moving one and ultimately, a, you know, a successful one. You talk about but one of the like, greatest players used ever. To, I think Graham Taylor got him. He used to say, right, give Paul a bit of responsibility, make him pick up the youth players on the way to training because then he's got to be a bit of a role yeah, model, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah. And he made the youth players go and get him beers. <laughs> On the way to training, which he'd like hold in between his legs and fucking have a sip out of on the way to training. That's insane. He couldn't go into the shop because he had social anxiety. So he makes the 16-year-old lad he's picked up go into the shop. Just get me a couple, couple of tens of tenants, something like that. Something a bit strong. And then he would go Get me through the day. Like. He had some comfort, didn't he? He liked some yeah. comfort because he, he, he was sweet. And he, he, he liked, in his autobiography, he speaks about, I think it might have been when he left uh, Villa and he was at Sheffield United somewhere. He drank a basic bottle of some comfort before a game. Went out, was man of the match and doesn't remember the game. <laughs> Like, was just like, just playing. Playing on pure instincts. Yeah, and was just amazing. Um, Polly 160 says, Afternoon, lads. Question for the three of you. Do you think United will win the league again with this ownership? I don't. Up the paddock. Shut the club down. Just shut the club down. Get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, um, well, it's great that we're not playing this weekend, so I can't, so I'm not going to be disappointed this weekend. (laughs) I'm going to feel okay. Like, I just think, uh, for me as a United fan, like, um, if you actually look at where we've done over the last few years, like I know I've said this on another another station as well before, is that, um, and I know you might come at me now with this, is, but I still don't believe David Moyes got a fair crack of the whip. Solskjaer got two and a half, three seasons, whatever. Moyes should have been given at least two seasons. Not when he took us down seventh. I just think he was. Yeah, but no, he was sacked because his contract said minimum Champions League qualification. So yeah. as soon as he mathematically couldn't do it, he was yeah. gone, right? But... I understand that, but I also think that he should have been given a bit of time, given a bit more time, because everything else has been a failure after him. Like, so, you know, but... That's true. I think we just found out earlier with him. I don't know, man. I think, I behind, think, I I think th- behind the scenes as well with David Moyes, there was a lot of issues there. Like, a lot of people were, weren't happy with him. The like, way David, Moyes may himself, not, may, like, David Moyes may have been sacked yeah, a year later, a year and a half he, later. I don't think he was, from what I gather from people that I've spoke to, you know, just in terms of sort of behind the scenes stuff, the media side of things, I don't think he fully understood the gravity of the job. Yeah. I think he still felt like, oh, it's a bit like Everton, but just a bit bigger. And it's not nothing like Everton, no respect to Everton, but you're going from a club that, you know, is well-respected, well-known, to 
especially at the time, the biggest club in the world where the scrutiny is unreal. The stories of him like taking him training where he used to take Everton training on, on a preseason tour and just getting mobbed and not being aware of that. The media side of things, not being aware that you have to do a lot of MUT, you have to do have MUTV, you have to do all this stuff. And him just not quite fully getting I understand it. that, but I think somebody should have come in and took taken all that all off his shoulders and just let him coach the team and give him a yeah. little bit more time. I'm not you, saying he was going yeah. to be successful. I think the coaching thing's right because I think it didn't help the fact that you've got him then he brings in Jimmy Lumsden and Steve Round, people that the players just didn't respect. They've gone from these coaches who they've respected and Sir Alex Ferguson, obviously, and then someone like Steve Round or Jimmy Lumsden, who've not really got anything like the pedigree to start telling oh, the likes of Ryan Giggs. fucking Carpenter. Yeah, and Paul Scholes, you know, you know, this is what I want you to do. And they're like, who are you? Do you know what I mean? And I understand that, that yeah, him. but I think maybe he should have been given a bit of time to fix that. Mm. I, just, I just think, I've got to be honest, it just wasn't working. I don't. I don't know whether there would have been a happy ending. I just felt like. What do you think of him now? I don't. I, don't, I, I don't, think he suits yeah, gritty go clubs going from tenth to sixth. You like that? You think that's the? I think that's where he. I think he thrives on being an underdog when the, the expectation is no dickhead. You got to turn up and win. Look what he did with West Ham. He, he, he loves it. No one's gonna ever criticize this West Ham team for playing counter-attacking football and, and sitting in a low block and trying to break out of it to try and snatch wins and points and stuff like that. You do that at United, though, and people are going to come for you. Um, and I just don't think he knew how to be cock and a walk a little bit. I don't, yeah. think he, I don't think his personality suits winner. He was, yeah, basically, Man United, we expect everything. Let's see what you can do. You know, that, it's, the, it's a massive gear change. You remember but, I but, I, but I still stand by well saying that like he should have at least been given another summer and maybe go the following Christmas, even if we weren't in the Champions League. And I understand that people be like, oh, he was fucking shit, we just found him out early and all this kind of stuff. But I think we, sh we, we should have, if you look at what's happened afterwards, well, you know what I mean? We might as well have given him a bit more time because it, it didn't come anywhere good. Louis van Gaal, some of the shit that came in there, Louis, Schneiderlin, and all these Louis, players. Louis was entertaining in his own way. Yeah, as a person, not as a yeah, not as the a football. Person. No, the, the football, football was, was awful. The football was one of the worst. That was that was my that was my low point. It was World War One tactics. The wasn't football, it? yeah. The, the, the you know I didn't see a goal. How, how much do you think since Ralph Rangnick has come in that he, so he's come in he's going to try and change you know things? Do you think he's fifty percent of the way there, sixty percent of the way? What he's getting out of players? Do you still think he needs the players are? Go on, Steve. He's about eighty percent. Like he's come in, he's gone right. I've had two months now, whatever. I'm at 60%. We've another 40% to go before I get them to 100% what I want them to do. How far down his path do you think he is? I'd be surprised if we're 25%. Really? Yeah. Have you seen much Maybe. of a change? I've seen flashes. I've seen bits where I go, this is great for five or six minutes. And then they kind of slip back into Sorscar mode again where it's a bit... If you mm. watch um, Bruno's second against Villa... It's kind of like quite systematic pressing from us, putting them under pressure, people moving at the right times to, to block off the different lanes. We win the ball high. Fred plays it into space for Bruno to run on to stick it top mm. corner. That, for me, was exactly what he's looking to do. It's block the opposition off, work hard out of possession, win the ball, play vertical, and get your chances in the final third. We've won a lot of balls since Rangnick's come in, I think it's gone up something like 78% or some stat I saw was really good where we've won a lot more balls in the opposing's, in the opposition's mm. half from pressing. That's led to three goals, I think, or something, or two goals. But just that difference. But it's the intensity is, is what, what I'm seeing. Because when I was at the last United... It takes United a minute for everyone to switch through. Yeah, and I need something as well. Like When I was at United City in the derby and we lost 2-0, uh, I was sitting there in the ground and you know, obviously, people around me are, yeah, you fucking this and fucking that. And I, that. and I was just really sad. <laughs> like I was just sad. Yeah. It felt like somebody was breaking up at me. I was just sitting there going, "This is really sad." Like, it was just, it was, was just so sad. Sort of emotion, money. It? it was yeah. just kind of like, "What is this? What has this become?" Because I remember when I had a season ticket at United, I was, you know, Ronaldo's two seasons, forty plus goals. Champions League semi-final against Barcelona when we won one nil. Paul scores yeah, twenty-four yeah. minutes. Saw all that kind of stuff. Saw the hunger. Louis Saha playing. Park Ji Sung, Michael Carrick, Alan Smith. You know Gabriella Heinze. Yeah, Phil Bardsley making an appearance at right back. Phil Bardsley. Phil eh? Bardsley coming hey. in. Do you know what I mean? There was some Salt great. Finest. You know Henrik Larsson on loan. You know all these Quality. type. And there was some phenomenal games of football and the intensity. And when I was at the Man City game, it was like there's something. There's something fundamentally. Not right here. There's a something, there's a cloud here that isn't moving. Mm. So hopefully Ranyak now is slowly changing it, but 
I do believe a lot of players need to move. We don't have the right players. Well, like this is Roy Keane said, you know, like go out there and just stick a foot in. You know, we need someone to go out there and like stick a foot in and you know kick the shit out of someone to get the fans going and get the players going. Keane says sometimes, yeah. don't he? I just fucking go run into someone, smash someone, smash someone. Um, there's a sub, there's a link in the chat. Subscribe to the channel, um, Stephen Allison, What are you up to this weekend? Uh, playing against Salford tomorrow, one o'clock kickoff. Oh, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted, Stephen. No, you're not. playing green, Jay. What no. position are you playing in football? Manager. Him. Oh, manager. <laughs> screaming at people from the touchline. Correct. That's his position. <laughs> Break, breaking people's spirits. Five games to go, Jay. Five. Where, Count are, you, where are you in the league? Top. Of what league? Uh, Lancashire and Cheshire Premier Division. Are these adult men? Yeah. Wow. Do you yeah, like it? Top. Doesn't yeah. like it. <laughs> well, mate. But level you, 13 in the pyramid, if you can be asked counting that for You're a level 13 in the pyramid? Well, I must fucking watch that. I must have a look at that, actually. Get down um, there. Go and watch it. It's a good crack. It's going to be fucking chaos. Um, Andrew, where can people find you? What you're up to? So this weekend I'm performing in the Frog and Bucket Comedy Club. Yes. So I was here last night and it's great to be back in Manchester because I'm living in Ireland now. And yeah, I've got a podcast called Cork in the North. So I'm from Cork, but I live in Northern Ireland because I love tension within the community. <laughs> and I love tension. I love a good fight. Uh, love stuff. So uh, it's either, it, was either, it was either Northern Ireland or Gorton. Like, you know what I mean? It was one of those places. And you chose the less violent. I chose, no, you know, I just thought, you know, what do I need? I just put a Celtic jersey on and go for a walk down the Shankill. Wow. That is... So I live in I live in Northern Ireland and I have a podcast called Cork of the North and you should subscribe. Can we get a link? We'll get a link in the... Follow me on Instagram, at Andrew Ryan Comedy for videos and stuff like that, you know? Go and follow Andrew, very funny guy. And we'll have to get you on again if you come back to Manchester. I'm all right, mate. Old school. That's not bad for a man. Is that... Is this... I'm all right, mate. Are you... You fucking what? You won't see United, mate. It's like Boston, that. Is it? Is that bad? It feels North Manchester. Is it bad? It's not great. Maybe Collierst. Yeah, a bit closer to the... yeah. I see the kids on the weekends, mate. That's Collierst. That's definitely... See the kids on the weekends, mate. I went to a news story once in Collierst. To stab him, obviously. Tuesday morning. (laughs) I mean, his photographer was stood there. You know a lot about the stabbing. And I went... um, I went... Fucking shit all around here, innit? Anyway, that's my flat there. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you got... Jay, you got to roll it then. And you got to go... I went... Fucking hand. (laughs) I went... It is up and coming. Though. We've done a lot of improvements. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you know, it's not. It's down and going. Yeah. That's where it's going. So apologies, people from Collier's. Um, yeah, go and check Paddock out. You know where to find him. Go and check out his game against Salford. Go and check Andrew out as well. Uh, don't forget as well to hit subscribe button. Thanks to Manscaped. You've got manscaped.com forward slash house with 20% off balls. and free shipping. Shave your balls. And February the 13th will be a special holiday in my world. Um, this has been The Brew. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network.